So if you've got your Bible there, open it up, have a look. If you don't have one, I'm sure somebody next to you will share with you. All right. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in December 2010, not that long ago, um, there was a massive flood. A massive flood hit Queensland, uh, majorly affecting its capital city, Brisbane. Uh, the floods forced the, acu- the evacuation of thousands of people from towns and cities. At least 70 towns and over 200,000 people were affected. Three quarters of the state of Queensland was declared a disaster zone. Thousands of families escaped to nearby shopping centres and shelters to find relief from the rain and the floods. About 35 people were lost. But the interesting thing was to see the homes that were washed away. You see, the homes that were built before the 1970s, I know it's a long time ago, I wasn't even born then, Um, but before the 1970s, they were the ones that were washed away. The ones that remained steady were the ones that were built after the 1980s. Why? Because of their foundation. Because of their foundation. You see, the houses before the 1970s had pretty much no foundations, whereas the the houses built after the 1980s, they realised that these houses needed special foundations, they needed deep foundations, so that they could tolerate the floods and so that they could stand. And so, how you build matters. How you build matters. Having proper foundations matters. And so, the question we're going to ask tonight, and the question that Luke raises for us here is what foundation is your life built on? So ask yourself that question. What foundation is your life built on? Or another way of putting it, what's the thing that's at the centre of your life? What's the thing that's at the core of who you are? And so Jesus being a carpenter, a bit of a tradie, before he went into his public ministry in Luke 4, he addresses his disciples in Luke chapter 6 here. And again, if you've got a red-letter Bible in front of you, Um, You can see Jesus' words here, but remember 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed, all scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting us. Um, But just have a look with me, just to bring us into the context of where we are. Um, Down to verse 12 of chapter 6, we can see there that Jesus chooses his 12 apostles. I need to flick back a bit. Uh, Jesus chooses his 12 apostles down to verse 17. Jesus gives his first sermon on the plain. Remember the blessings and the woes. Um, Down to verse 27, as we looked at last week with Sam, uh, Jesus commands his disciples and therefore us to be a people who love our enemies. Uh, We're to be people who um, Jesus warns us about judging others, to have a hard look at at ourselves to stick the pl- to get the plank out of our own eye before we start looking at the speck of dust in somebody else's. And so that brings us down to verse um, 43 to 49. And so all of Jesus' words leading up to 43 have been describing the type of life the Christian is to live. And now 46 to 49, Jesus spells out for us here the warnings of simply giving Jesus lip service. Yeah? Just giving Jesus lip service. So... 
Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I like you. Jesus, I want to live for you. But then totally ignoring him in the way that you act or totally ignoring him in the way that you live your life. So Jesus gives us a warning here about lip service. Um, have a look with me. Verse 45. The, man, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So Jesus is saying here, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you give me lip service, but don't actually act upon the things that you're saying? Yeah. So tonight, we're going to have a look at what that looks like. Um, we're going to look at two kinds of people, two kinds of people and two kinds of responses to Jesus. Now, the first one we're going to have a look at, so two builders, two builders, and the first builder that we're going to have a look at is the wise builder, the wise builder. So he's the person or she's the person who hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice. Um, have a look at verse 47 and 48. Um, verse 47 says, I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck and that house, uh, sorry, torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. And so how is this person wise? How how are they wise? Um, What Jesus is saying here is that the person who simply gives lip service is a fool. Um, They're in danger. But the person who hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice is wise and secure. And so if we can go back a little bit again there, Callum. How, How are they wise? How is he wise? Jesus gives us a bit of a picture. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundations on rock, and when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it couldn't shake it because it was well built. So what Jesus is saying here is that the person who hears his words and obeys his words will be, be like the man who built a solid house that could withstand the torrents and the floods. And so Jesus is speaking at this point of the person who takes notice of what he says. Their ears prick up. Yeah? This man is like a builder who dug down deep, laid the foundation. And so the essential for a good building, um, the essential thing that takes time is laying good foundations. Um, it's time consuming and it's hard work. Some people avoid it. Sounds like Christmas. Too, too early in the year, man. Sorry. Uh, but when the storms and floods come, the house built on rock stands. At this point, I think it's worth asking the question, what do the floods represent? So what do these floods mean? What are they talking about? Um, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but after doing a little bit more reading, I think the flood's a picture of two things in particular. So if you're thinking about the flood and the torrents there, I think one picture of the flood is is God's final judgment um, when all will face him one day and give account for their lives. Hebrews 9.27 says man is destined to die once 
die once and after that to face judgment. Uh, the second one, the second thing that the floods or torrents could be talking about is life's hardships, yeah? Um, or the storms of life. If you're, if you're a Christian, you should expect hardship. Uh, 1 Peter 4.12 says, I'll read this for you. Uh, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And so hardship will come. If you're a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, expect hardship. Hardship will come. Um, And so the parallel in the spiritual life is clear. Um, When we finally face Jesus at judgment, um, the foundation on which we stand will ultimately determine whether we enter into peace, into life with, with God, or we enter into, again, eternal separation from him. Um, and so these words also apply to life's hardships. Um, the person with a good foundation isn't easily upset by life's difficulties, by life's hardships, um, I don't know, maybe some of you guys already, um, you've lost a parent or your parents have, have broken up or you've lost someone close to you or you've been abused or something else bad's happened. But um, if you haven't, Jesus' words to you are, be prepared because one day you will. Um, I love my dad. Um, but it's a bit like, I reckon this is a bit like the dad who knows um, how to do everything right. He's a bit of a know-it-all. Um, he's the complete handyman. Who's got a dad like this? Thinks he's the handyman, thinks he can do everything around the house. Yep. Thinks he can do everything around the house. And so when something needs to be done around the house, he's like, I'm not, I'm not paying the electrician to wire our house. I'll do that myself. Um, He's like, we don't need a plumber to fix the toilet. I'll do that. Or why would I pay someone to clean the pool? I'll do that. And so everything looks sweet for a while. So he does all of this stuff. Everything looks sweet. But over a period of time, um, the lights stop working. And so he sends you outside and you've got to go out to that electrical box and you've got to flick the switch again because it's just tripped the whole house. And so the, the toilet starts to overflow or, or, or the pool starts to go green and like, I don't know, lizards and stuff are living in it. Um, but stuff, yeah, bad stuff starts to happen. But what, what you really needed, what you really needed was the only person who could do the job properly, the professional, yeah? You needed the plumber or you needed the electrician or you needed somebody who could come in and do the job properly. And so... I reckon our lives are like this. I reckon we're, we're like, I don't need you, Jesus. I can do things my way. I don't need you. Um, Jesus, you're, you're the, the, the weak, hippie-dress-wearing, you're the limp-wristed, tofu-eating, kind of long-haired kind of guy. And so why should I build my life around you? Um, I'm going to live life how I want, and I'm going to do what I want when I want. Um, but hear Jesus' words here. Hear Jesus' words, Luke chapter 6, 48. 
He is like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundation on the rock. We're not quite there yet. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. Um, I love you guys. I love each and every one of you guys. And so I want you to hear Jesus' words tonight. I want you to hear them. Build on the rock. Lay your foundation on the rock. Lay your foundation on solid ground. It will be the only decision that dictates where you will spend your eternity. Hear Jesus' words and obey Jesus' words. You can pop that up now, Callum. The second kind of person. Yeah. Not only has he got red hair, it's pretty good. That was a joke. Red hair's good. I've got, I got an uncle who's red hair. And I love him a lot. The person who hears Jesus' words and doesn't put them into practice is foolish and in danger. Have a look, verse 49. Verse 49. But the one, the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. See, what Jesus is saying here is that the person who simply gives Jesus again lip service is a fool, is a complete fool. How is he a fool? Well, he's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent or the flood struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Jesus is saying here that the person who hears his words and does nothing is in danger. They're like the house built on the ground without the foundation. When the torrent or the flood comes and smashes it, the house gives way. It collapses. Its destruction is complete. This house can't withstand the onslaught. It can't withstand the hardship. It can't withstand, ultimately, facing God. So the person who builds this way, I reckon, is like the person who says... uh, Jesus, I don't care what you think of my decisions. Um, That non-Christian girl or guy were way more appealing than you. Uh, Parties, getting shacked up and maggot on the weekend, way more appealing than living obedient to you. School and devoting my whole life to school so I can get the best mark, so I can get the best uni degree so I can have the best paying job and the nicest house and family? Jesus says, futile. Jesus said to the rich young man in Luke chapter 12, you fool, this very night your life will be taken from you. Your life will be taken from you. You see, we think we're invincible. We actually think that we're going to grow old and we're going to die quietly in our sleep. That's kind of, I reckon, how most of us would think. But do you know, someone in Australia dies every three minutes and 40 seconds. Every three minutes and 40 seconds, somebody dies. In just the last month, we've had two young girls at our church come within a hair's breadth of dying. 
one from a skateboarding accident and another who just got really sick. Um, death is real. One young guy in year nine, uh, a few weeks ago, who comes on the youth group here, um, swinging on a rope swing in a, in a river, in a creek, came off head first into the water. Um, he's lucky to be alive. Um, he's on life support. And best case scenario, he'll become a paraplegic. And so, so is the person who hears Jesus' words and doesn't act on them. By ignoring Jesus' words, you are acting. You are making a decision. And so he or she is building their life without a foundation. In June 1978, uh, Wombie Beach, um, the rest of the Central Coast faced a one in a 200-year storm. The beach was absolutely battered by the wind and high tides that eventually caused huge erosion and it destroyed two houses. Um, also today known as the ruins. Some of you guys have probably been there before. And so there used to be houses there. And so it's kind of like, again, building a house without a foundation. Um, or, um, I heard this during the week, it's a bit like spiritual bulimia or Christian bulimia. We gorge ourselves on a sermon or we gorge ourselves in Bible study or we gorge ourselves reading a Christian book or listening to a sermon. We gorge ourselves on all this Christian stuff and then we go into the youth hall next door and we just chuck it all up. Yeah? Or we get in our car and we drive home and we jump back on the PlayStation or whatever and we just chuck it all up. Or we go home, we watch a movie and we just chuck it all up. We just forget about it. It's non-existent. And so next week when we get to school, we forget about it all. We just chuck it all up again. Um, we don't let it nourish us. We don't let us. We don't let it feed us as we should. And so let me encourage you guys, stop. Reflect. Write some things down in your phone or use that stuff that we used to use, pen and paper. You try something like that. Um, write something down, reflect. Um, this stuff matters. And so three points to finish. First one is know Jesus, know him. If you haven't put your trust in Jesus, well, tonight is as good as any night. Um, I'm going to pray in a moment and give you a chance to respond. Know Jesus. Second of all, hear his words. Don't become spiritually bulimic. Um, don't hear his words and then walk into the room next door and just forget about it all. And thirdly, obey him. Jesus calls us to action. By taking no action, you're taking action. By hearing his words and choosing to ignore them, you're saying something. Um, and remember, lastly... Jesus came to call sinners to repentance, not people who think they're pretty good in and of themselves. It's about trusting, relying, depending on Jesus, on Jesus' saving work on the cross, not relying on ourselves. 
Um, it's about trusting that Jesus has done it all and so hearing him and obeying him. Um, so know him, trust him, hear his words, dig deep, solid foundations and set your foundation on Jesus, the one who is the only solid foundation. I'm going to pray. Um, Todd's going to jump up. Spend some time reflecting. Your friends won't go away. Your friends won't think anything less of you. Spend some time praying or chewing some of this stuff over. I'm going to pray. Why don't you join me? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus, the only solid and true foundation. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry for trying to build our lives on foundations other than you foundations that will ultimately crumble. Lord, please help us, please help me to keep trusting you each day as our only foundation. Amen.